Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for um, your words. We ask that you would, like I said earlier, set everything aside, whatever's in our hearts and minds right now. Help us, Father, to just focus on you and open open thou our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter number 2 verse 13 and we read this already we read this couple of verses we read a lot over here and uh, there's a reason why but let's let's look at this we read this last week for this cause also thank we god without ceasing not uh, because when you received the word of god which ye heard of us how did they receive it you receive it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of god which effectually work it also in you that believe. So how did they receive it? Again, this is the proof verse that shows expressly that receiving the gospel is not through praying the sinner's prayer or being water baptized, but by hearing and believing. Quick question, just by virtue of that verse. Let's take somebody and name him John Doe. Is the word of God true even if John Doe does not believe it? Yes. yes, even if Brother Francis does not believe it. It's true. Amen. But when does that, when does that take effect in John Doe? When he, in fact, believes it. It's true. The gospel, the, the truth about the gospel of our salvation, his death, burial, and resurrection is true whether we believe it or not. But it does not take effect on us, in us, until we believe. Amen. Just like what the verse says. What about Bible teaching about family? It's true whether we believe it or not. It takes effect when, once we do believe. What about Bible teaching on child rearing and discipline? Whether we believe it or not, it's true. It does not take effect until we believe it. All these Bible truths are true, whether we believe it or not. Yes? But it does not take an effect until we believe it. Amen. So last week we read the verse in 2 Timothy that people can have the form of godliness, meaning they look godly, and they can walk the walk, talk the talk, look the look but deny the power thereof. This is an article from a poll, a Gallup poll taken from 2017, May 2017. So you know, you know that if, that's if, if it was that bad then, it's worse now. 24% of Americans believe that Bible is literal word of God. 24%. Now, if it was 100% that did not believe the Word of God, is it still true? Yes. Now, do we wonder why the Bible is not taking effect on our country right now? It takes effect once you believe it. But because only 24% believes it, then it only takes percent on 24% of people's lives. It's supposed to be Thanksgiving week, Brother Francis. You're supposed to be giving us good news here. <laughs> That's sad news. 
Well, we can really do something about the problem. We can't do something about the problem unless we know what the problem is. Amen. So, um, just for time's sake, uh, there's, there's more, um, you know, talking about... See that green line back there? This is people who... Actual word... Who believe that the Bible is actual... The actual word of God... And it's to be taken literally. See how the downward slope is? And that's 2017. Meaning, if we are to take this, the pattern, if we're in 2020 coming into 2021, it's probably down here already. And you see this gray line over here? These are the people who believe that the Bible is just fables or history or moral precepts recorded by man. And do you see how it's an upward slope? So probably 2020, 2021, it's probably up here already if we're to take the pattern. So it's kind of sad, but what I want to talk about today is Bible believers. The, the title of what I want to talk about today is Bible believers in the dispensation of grace. Um, so there's three points. And the first point I would like to, sh- to say is that is something that we've hammered on for many times already. And so we're just going to dwell in it a little, just briefly, but let's talk about the practical applications of it. The first thing is Bible believers should know which gospel they believe and preach. Amen. Right? So, like I said, we've talked about this many times. Um... And we've read this verse many times. I hope that you've actually memorized, started memorizing it, if not already. But I want to take you to this point over here in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which Peter preached unto you. Is that what it says? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which Judas preached unto you. No, the gospel which I preached unto you because the Apostle Paul was given an assignment, was given a revelation. That's the word that he used, a revelation that he was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That's us. So much so, well, it's actually so serious, so serious that the Apostle Paul says, if somebody else preached to you, remember in Galatians chapter number one, if somebody, pre- somebody else, even an angel, preaches a different gospel than what I preach to you, let that guy be a curse, right? So, um, there was an assignment given, a revelation given to the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter number two, verse seven and eight. It says, But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, uncircumcision, or in other words, the Gentiles. Who is that me? That's the Apostle Paul. The gospel of the uncircumcision, the gospel which is to be given to us, the Gentiles, was given to the Apostle Paul. As the gospel of the circumcision was unto who? Peter. And if that was not clear enough, there's an open and close parenthesis, or parent, uh, yeah, parenthesis over here that explains it. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. So the apostle Paul says, he that gave Peter the apostleship 
to the Jews, gave me the apostleship to the Gentiles. Okay? So that's pretty self-explanatory. Moving forward, Romans chapter number 16, verse 25. Again, a verse that we've talked about so many times that we're not going to read the whole thing because we're going to come back to it again later. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to what? My gospel. We've hammered it all together for the last few months that we are saved by the gospel of Christ and this gospel of Christ was given to the apostle Paul to give to us. Right? If that gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If it is given to men, if it is given for us to share to the people in this dispensation, guess what? If we share something else, they are in danger of not being saved. How would you like to have a church full of unsaved people? Well, praise God, you can witness to them. <laughs> but the premise is they're unsaved because the wrong thing's being preached to them. Amen. All right? Still there? Romans 2, verse 16. Now, we don't have the time to talk about the different judgments and when it's going to be. But let's just talk about this. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to what? My gospel. There's a day, there will be a day when God will, will, when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the gospel that was given to Paul. And we'll talk about this more later on. But let's talk about another judgment over here. The great, not the great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, which happens after the catching away or after the rapture. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 10 to 11. If this is not important enough, look at what the Apostle Paul says. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Given unto who? Who is that me? That's the Apostle Paul. I have laid the foundation. Paul laid the foundation. We know that the foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And another buildeth thereon. But watch the next statement. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now, what am I going to be saying? What I'm going to say right uh, next is going to be, it was hard for me to accept, so I know it's going to be hard to preach right now. Everyone knows John 3.16. Amen. Everyone memorizes John 3.16. Question. If you share the gospel using only John 3.16 without telling people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, are they saved? They don't know the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They only know that the Lord Jesus... They only know that there is a Lord Jesus Christ. There is only a person... There's a person who is also God, Jesus Christ. Are they saved? Ponder on that for a minute. The Apostle Paul says, I laid the foundation. It's the Lord Jesus Christ according to my gospel, meaning His death, burial, and resurrection. You have to be careful that you're building correctly on that because some, you know, sometimes we, we use a verse 
and forget to tell them about the gospel. And then all of a sudden we get to heaven and we're like, where's brother so-and-so? Where's sister so-and-so? And little we, little did we know, or we find out later on that they're, sad to say, not saved. Why? Because we did not expound the gospel of Christ to them. If the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So you can start at John 3.16 if you want to, but don't ever forget telling them the gospel that was given to Paul. You sound more Pauline than Christian, Brother Francis. Have you heard of that before? Well, that leads us to the next step, the next point. We only have three points, by the way. Woo! But I'm not going to tell you we might end early because I might eat those words again. <laughs> um, the same verse over here. Number two, Bible believers should know which Jesus they believe and preach. So number one, we should know which gospel we believe and preach. Number two, we should know which Jesus we believe and preach. You mean to say there's more than one Jesus? No. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. But let's look at the verses and see if there's a difference. Right? Now, like I said earlier, we talked about this uh, verse. So let's look at the second half of it. Romans 16 verse 25. Now to him that is of power to to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Did that stop there? The preaching of Jesus Christ according to the Old Testament, which was kept secret since the world began. Is that how it says? The preaching of Jesus Christ according to how he reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords in the millennium. Is that what it says? According to the revelation of the mystery. So there's one Jesus Christ, but there's different ways of telling people who he is. Let me submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that people right now, the church, the church, which is the body of Christ right now, is confused about who, which Jesus, or, or the way they preach Jesus. They preach the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's well and good, but He is not yet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That happens in the millennium. Amen. They preach the Lord Jesus Christ who can heal the sick and raise people from the dead. That's true. He is the real Lord Jesus Christ. But does he do that right now? Is that his office right now? No. He is the glorified head of the body presently. Amen. Right? So that is the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ according to revelation of the mystery. And we'll expound on it some more. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ came, the Old Testament law was still in effect. And that's why the, the verse in Galatians 4, 4 proves it. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made what? Under the law. So there's a, different, there's a danger of going to your Bible. Hold on. What I'm about to say, I don't, I'm not saying that there's a mistake in the text of the Bible. I'm just saying that the publishers did it this way. And you have to be careful. 
Between Matthew and Malachi, there is a little leaf there that says what? The New Testament, right? And so, the danger of that is that you start to tend to think that, wait a second, everything that happens in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's already part of the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 9, we don't have time to go there yet, or today, but in Hebrews chapter number 9, it says, the testament is not in effect until the death of the testator. Let's put it in today's terms. We know it as a last will and testament. Quick question. Can people come into your house and take away, their, <laughs> take away your stuff while you're still alive? Not legally. <laughs> not legally. It's not in effect yet. That... So, because the New Testament was not in effect until the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord Jesus Christ was in His earthly ministry, the law was still in effect. That's why, that's why Mary and Joseph came and, and went into to the, to the temple to sacrifice turtle doves and stuff like that, because the law was still in effect. So, Romans chapter number 15 verse 8 even says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that is why he would order the disciples in Matthew 10, go not into the way of the Gentiles. That is why when the Syrophoenician Canaan woman came to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked for help for the daughter, he would not even talk to him, talk to her until she recognized that she was a Gentile, and she was a Gentile dog. There's a reason, and I explained it to you two weeks ago. It's not because God was mean to the Gentiles. It's because He promised Abraham that it is through Israel that all families of the earth shall be blessed. So He wanted to make sure Israel was taken care of before His message was dispensed through the uttermost parts of the earth. Right? You still with me? Amen. So he was a minister of the circumcision. When he was alive, the law was still in effect. So be careful. Once you preach that Lord Jesus Christ, then it might be, that's, that's why people are like, you preach the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, let, let, let me use an example. How many of you have preached, have shared the gospel to other people and then you act, not accidentally, you mention Matthew 6.33 to them. Matthew 6.33, you know that first. Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that's all the person hears. Oh, really? I, get, I got to be blessed with, with, with material blessings. No, we're talking about your salvation first. So... Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, bear with me. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man. No, sorry, 5.14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Watch the next verse. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. 
He gives an explanation. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, Paul saying to the Corinthians, listen, we know how the Lord Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was. We know him in the flesh. But now we don't know him after the flesh after anymore. Yet now henceforth know we him no more. He's, we're not preaching the physical Jesus Christ anymore. We're not preaching the Jesus Christ of the Old Testament. We're preaching the Jesus Christ that is not in the flesh anymore. Watch. 2 Corinthians 1.22 For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Which Jesus Christ do we preach? We preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Can I submit to you, remember the verses that we looked at last week? Even the Lord Jesus Christ tried to preach His crucifixion, His death, burial, and resurrection to the apostles, and they could not even understand it. So be careful which Jesus Christ, or the way you preach the Lord Jesus Christ to other people. Watch this. Colossians 1.18 And He was the head of the body. He will be, sometime maybe, maybe after this, the head of the body. He, when is that? Yeah. Is present, the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in some things, in all things, he might have the preeminence. Right? If we preach the Lord Jesus Christ, it, I guess it's good. It's a good thing, you know, people can know about how the Lord Jesus Christ healed people, how the Lord Jesus Christ raised people from the dead. But that's not the Lord Jesus Christ that, uh, that's not the, the Lord Jesus Christ that we are preaching right now is the one that's crucified. It's the same people, but the way you preach Him is different. Am I kind of making sense here a little bit? Right? That in all things He might have the preeminence. Be careful uh, which Jesus, or how do you preach the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you preach Him by showing people the Jesus that still operated under the law? Or the one that is the head of the body right now? The one that is crucified? The one that is buried and rose again the third day? I'll give you an example, quickly. In the Philippines, I don't know if there is one of these in other countries in the world. But in the Philippines, there is a little child Jesus. Now, you know, you've seen statues of the baby Jesus, right? And then you've seen statues of the Lord Jesus Christ crucified in the cross, still in the cross. But in the Philippines, I don't think, like I said, there's any, any other thing like this in other parts of the world. I might be wrong. But there is a child Jesus called Santo Nino. The Holy Child, right? And the story was, when Ferdinand Magellan, the first guy who was able to circumnavigate the world, discovered the Philippines in 1521, he asked around from his translator, what do the people believe? What deity do the people believe? And he said, and the people says, well, uh, they believe in a child god. So what Ferdinand Magellan did was that he grabbed a doll 
and dressed it like a king and came down to the tribes in the Philippines and says, See this Santo Nino, holy child? This is God. So to this day, people still worship. People still bow down to that Santo Nino in the Philippines. Right? So, quick question. Is it tr- was it true that the Lord Jesus Christ was a baby? Yes. Was it true that he became a little boy, a little child? Yes. And then he grew up? Yes. All these things are true. But here's the difference. If you keep referring to a child God, it starts to alter the way you worship because you can control a child. A child cannot order you to do anything. See the difference? But we preach Christ crucified. Amen. To people, it's a stumbling block. To people, you know, you, you know, people will listen to you when you talk about Jesus Christ healing because everyone has people, has loved ones that they want to be healed. Amen. People will listen to you when you talk about how the Lord Jesus Christ fed the multitude because everyone, there's people who are hungry, amen. But when you start talking to them about the Lord Jesus Christ crucified, He died and buried again the third, uh, and, and rose again the third day, all of a sudden they have to set themselves aside and say, wait a second, I can't work for my salvation. I only need to trust this Jesus. Then it becomes a stumbling block and foolishness to everyone. Did, I, did that illustration get the point across? Amen. Number three. <laughs> Bible believers should know who our pattern is. Bible believers should know who our pattern is. Well, who is our pattern? 2 Timothy 1, verse 15 to 16. This is a faithful... Who, now, he's writing to Timothy. Who is he? Who is the one that's writing? Paul. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy that in me second, in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a what? How, uh, I think I've talked about this before. How many of you have sewn before? Sewn a dress or something like that. The very first thing you make is a pattern. That's, you don't make it second. You don't make it last. You don't, the, that's the very first thing you make. Amen. A pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. So, sa, you know, immediately Christendom would say, Ha! Ha! You, Brother Francis... Your pattern is Paul, not the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's because that's what the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what the Holy Spirit says through His Word. We cannot follow the earthly Lord Jesus Christ because He was a Jew who was a a servant, a minister of the circumcision. I can't follow that. You know why? Because I don't, I can't. How many of you... Yesterday was Saturday, right? How many of you stoned your neighbor for working on a Saturday yesterday? 
How many of you ate ham this week? Huh? We can't follow the Lord Jesus Christ who, did, who became a fulfillment of the law. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, Paul, I'm going to give you some rules that are not, that is separate from the law. You follow me, Paul, and then let, every, let you become the pattern. Right? 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 13 to 14. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Who wrote 2 Timothy? The Apostle Paul. Now, I've heard this verse. I'm sure you have too, Brother, brother Bill. Sir, you've, we've heard this verse, or many of you have heard this verse being preached or used in Bible conference, preachers' conferences. And when preachers use this, all of a sudden, most of it, I'm actually guilty of doing this. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we'd read this verse, and then we would say, all right, to our students, all right, we're giving you what we've learned. So you have to be faithful with that. But that's not literally what it's saying. It's saying, the things that you've learned from me, Timothy, not from the pastor. To be more clear, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me, all of a sudden the, pe- the preachers would preach that to their preacher boys and they'd say, preacher boys, whatever you learn from me, be faithful with that. Well, you can just apply that practically, but doctrinally speaking, that's talking about the things that Timothy learned from Paul. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers also of me, even as I also am of Christ. That's the Apostle Paul that's speaking. Two more verses, then one story. Hopefully it will tie it again, just like the story of Santo Nino. Right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. Who is speaking? Paul. Consider what I, who is that I? Paul, say. And the Lord give thee understanding in some things. All things. You know why a lot of people in church today and Christianity today don't understand a lot about the Bible? It's because they have completely discarded what Paul says. And probably it's not because they're ill-intentioned. It's probably just they're well-intentioned. And they say, you know, our, we should follow the Lord Jesus Christ. God is not the God of confusion and disorder. Jesus, who is, who is a minister of the circumcision, says, I also love the uncircumcision or the Gentiles, but they cannot follow me because they are Gentiles. So I'm going to call somebody and give him a separate set of rules. Rules for the circumcision is given to Peter. Rules for the uncircumcision given to Paul. And Paul says, consider what I say and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Verse 
Bergen, my son, just turned 11 months last yesterday. No, Saturday, Friday. But when he was still a baby, well, he still is a baby. <laughs> what am I talking about? When he was still about, oh, two months to three months, little did we know. I did not know about this. I, we only learned about this. Miss Katie and I, we only learned about this. So thank you very much for not sharing this to us parents. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but uh, there's a time that the babies need to transition their bottle nipples from number one to number two. I did not know that back then. But before the time that we had the... Uh, before the quarantine happened that's when it happened to him he would just scream and cry and feels like he would always have these painful gas bubbles in his tummy and we thought that it was you know i would run to the hospital not to the hospital but to to the store to get some of those um stomachs or baby sensitive formula and things like that and i would just you know just What's wrong with this guy? Poor guy. And we would just like, you know, let him cry and there's nothing we could do until we were reading the book and I'm like, you know what? We've tried everything. I, you know, Miss Katie and I were talking and we were like, let's maybe let's try doing number two, the number two nipple for his bottle. So we did. And lo and behold, everything was fine. After that. So, that's the same thing with Christianity today. Because we're all over the place, we don't know where to get our doctrine, which is supposed to be for us. We apply everything that just, whatever we want to apply, the people around us look at us and look at the Bible and says, yeah, th this guy's all over the place. We're not going to believe the Bible right now. No wonder it's only 24% of all Americans that believe the Bible in 2017. What filter, what nipple, if you will, are you reading the Bible with? Is it a number one, which is the Apostle Peter, or the number two? Watch the last verse, then we're done. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Now I beseech you, that's Paul begging. Beseeching is like begging, right? Or probably more intense than begging. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. But their own belly. Watch this. And by what? Good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. It may sound kind of new or a little bit weird when we say, hey, listen, when you read the Bible, read the Bible through the lens of the Apostle Paul who is given to us. Or when you drink the milk of the Bible, drink the milk of the Bible with nipple number two, which is the Apostle, Apostle Paul. Then if you go to the Old Testament, 
Because you have the right pattern, because you have the right nipple, because you have the right filter, if you will, the right lenses, you read, oh, wait a second, in the Old Testament, this is how they get saved. But according to my filter, the Apostle Paul, this is not how I get saved right now. Then the confusion is done away with. Did you know that in the Bible, even to this day, the veil of the, Old Test- of the Jews are still on? Meaning, in Romans chapter number 9, 10, and 11, if you tell a Jew about the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to tell you, that's not our Messiah. We follow the Old Testament law. Let's not be like that. Our filter is the Apostle Paul. Amen. Well, who leads us to the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the most important thing. We Bible believers? I hope so. Let's know the correct gospel. Let's know the correct Jesus. And let's know the correct pattern. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for what you have taught us. We pray, Father, that I know it's a little bit offensive or not maybe offensive, but just something that hits other people weirdly or irks other people. But it's the truth. And we thank you, Lord, for making a way for us to follow you that we don't need to go through the temple and offer things anymore. We don't need to go through a priest to do anything because of the message that you have dispensed through us, through the Apostle Paul. You have given us a way. And that's the, the dispensation of grace, dear God. And we thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here. We pray that we would be better Bible believers from here on out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.